You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. It's a beautiful day to start our time here together, so I'm trying to decide where to go exactly here. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And it is just good to be together here this morning. How many people enjoyed a little extra time to sleep in? Yes, me too. Um, so yeah, just welcome to everyone, and especially to our friends here on Zoom as well. We hope you guys also enjoyed some extra time just to hang out with PJs and drink some coffee and be, be comfortable and relaxed. But we are going to have a good morning here together. Uh, for those of you who are here in person, uh, we want to make sure everybody feels at home, everybody feels welcome. And so that means every week we have to make sure everyone knows where the bathrooms are. <laughs> um, and so there is one bathroom that's this door right over here. You go up the stairs immediately to your left. And, and the first door on the left is a little bathroom you could use. There are also two over here where you see that kind of tall uh, orange spike. Um, there are two bathrooms there as well. The trick there, because we're in an elementary school and those are the staff bathrooms, is they are deadbolted open. So when you come out, we just need you to deadbolt it open behind you as well so that others are able to use it. Okay? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good morning. I want to invite my friend and co-pastor Bill White up. Woo! Let's see. Oh, I'm fancy. We have a fancy new sound set up today. Dave Fordyce, where are you? Are you out here somewhere? Right there. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The sound, the sound people never like to be fully recognized, but we got to recognize Dave has got this whole thing set up. And along with Joe Hermita, who's in the back, you actually cannot see Joe, but he's back there somewhere. And uh, these people are amazing. So, really appreciate you guys. Uh, making us look and sound good. So it's good to be here. Um, today, as we uh, get started, we're, we're in a sermon series. We're thinking about um, today, particularly about, we're, we're in this series looking at positive psychology and ancient wisdom and how there's this overlap between the two. When we, when we look at kind of re modern research, like what makes people and we look at ancient wisdom in the scriptures, there's, there's a ton of overlap. And so today we're actually going to look at this whole idea of using our gifts, what we're good at. And so we want to use a couple of our local experts today, and uh, just we're just going to do a, a brief little poll. So if there are any kids here who are willing to share, we're not going to be able to get full into it today, but we just want to hear if there are a couple of kids who are willing to share like one thing you're good at. We'd love to hear from a couple of like one or two kids. So, uh, yeah, so Laura, if you want to come in, and uh, Florence, if you want to come, yeah, we'll take those two. Come on up. Okay, yeah, yeah give it a warm welcome to Laura. This is fantastic. Okay, all right, let's see. What, uh, so what, what, what what do you, what do you what are you good at, Solara? I'm good at I'm good at painting. You're good at painting. And how do you feel when you paint? Happy. Yeah, isn't that amazing? When you do something you're good at, and you just know immediately how do you feel? 
Yeah, you feel happy. And hold on, let's look at your name tag. Do you like drawing too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Can you move your hands just for a second? Because like that, you just, like you can tell, look at that name tag. That's a butterfly, a heart, and a bow. Kind of like in your hair, is that right? Yeah. Nailed it. That's incredible, nice job. That makes me happy too. What are you good at? You're good at monkey bars. It's always about me. Do you think you're better than me? I think you're actually right. And how do you feel when you're doing the monkey bars? Happy. Do you feel strong? Like, oh, I got this. <laughs> no, you just feel happy. I love that. Like, for you, it's not like world domination. That's how I feel. I've got issues. I'm seeing therapists. You, you just feel happy. You, you just feel happy. Is that right? That's amazing. All right, let me give that I love that. That's amazing. Good job for a new generation that may not need to see therapists quite as much. That's just stunning. I really like that. Um, okay, uh, I'd like to invite up Israel Rubio, who's going to pray over the kids now. Um, so good. Thank you, Mr. Craig. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much uh, for these kiddos uh, you place in our lives. Thank you so much for what we learned from them and the ways in which we're able to invest in their lives. Pray for their parents and caretakers and just give them the best support systems in raising them and encouraging them. Thank you for the resilience and the example of these things. Fantastic. Yeah, so kids, if you want, it's optional. Some kids hang here, but some kids go there. Uh, if you want, you can go here and there are like some things to do with Israel and some of the others. All right. Um, and now we're going to dive into some scripture. Our friend Eva Herrera is going to come and read scripture for us. So come on up, Eva. Yeah, if you welcome Eva, read scripture for us. And uh, typically, yeah, you can read it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to, and typically at City Church, we stand in honor of God and God's word. If you're at home on Zoom, you can stand if you want the school. Yeah, stand in your living room. Or on your bed. That's weird if you stand on your bed. I wouldn't recommend that. So. Uh, and this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay, 26-27. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, you may receive it. Thanks so much. <laughs> I loved hearing from the kids. There is so much simple joy when you're a kid, right? You can just say like, yeah, I'm good at that. I feel like sometimes we lose that a little bit sometimes as we get older, right? That ability to just kind of own it. Yeah, I am. I've got that strength. But I love that we don't a lot of times lose our ability to rejoice with other people, right? Like it's really good to look at like other people doing something and just go like, wow, they are amazing. I mean, it's why we all tune in to like the Olympics, right? Because there is just something so cool about watching some people who are just like 
they are so good and they dedicated so much time and we see this this merging of like natural talent and ability and dedication practice and and we just we celebrate right we do what this verse that was just read for us says and we we rejoice and we get to do it with other people in our lives too right like i have some friends in this season who like so many others with all of the shifts and the twists and the turns uh of this this COVID season they're making some career shifts Right, and they're they're stretching in new ways. They're maybe launching into their own projects, their own businesses. And as I watch them, I just think, yes, you were made for this. And I'm so excited to see you launching it here at City Church. Even I didn't tell Donna I was going to talk about her this morning, but so many of us, yeah, pastors are fair game, and Donna's a pastor. Right? But so many of us are getting to watch our friend Donna who's been here as an intern at City Church in Long Beach, but now as a church planting fellow. And we see her making all of these connections and starting to build this like community of people who have the same passion and the same vision. And Donna is just living into her gifts, right? She is a people gatherer. She's a visionary. She's, she's a carer. Um, and we just get to go, yes, Donna, this is good. This is what you were made for. And we rejoice in this. It's so, so much fun. And we do, there are those moments, right? Like, like maybe we do get a little bit more shy than the kiddos, a little bit more embarrassed about saying it out loud. Like, yeah, I'm good at that. But there are those moments where we find ourselves sort of in like creative flow on a project, right? Like it's just something like this is your sweet spot. This is what you're good at. And, and you, you started working on a project and all of a sudden it's been like two hours and you're like, oh, the time just flew because that was just so much fun to live into what I'm good at. Sometimes I think of it as getting to use my muscles, right? Like there's just something about like taking something that you're, you're strong at and actually getting to flex, you know, in a way that's not just fun for you, but it's actually helpful for other people. Like getting to use your muscles is deeply, deeply satisfying. So I wonder why we don't always get to enjoy that as much as we should. Why is it that as we get older, sometimes it gets a little harder to really, to spot those places in ourselves, right? And to really step in, to really lean in and say like, yes, this is what I'm good at and this matters and it feels good, but what? What prevents us? And there are all, all sorts of reasons I'm sure we could name. Um, but as I was thinking for myself and, and some of the people that I've been able to walk alongside and you know, mentoring kind of way over the years, my own story as well, one of the forces that, that I was thinking about was this idea of imposter syndrome. Have you guys heard of that before? Anyone? Anybody ever experienced some imposter syndrome? Yeah. Okay. So like the basic idea of imposter syndrome, right? Is that you, you find yourself in a situation where you're supposed to be good at something. People say that you are, and you're put in kind of a position of responsibility to do that thing. And yet you feel like I am not all that they think I am. Right? Like, I, I'm not sure I have what it takes to do this. Well, like, Oh, I, I, I'm not sure I have anything to actually offer in this situation. 
And so often what imposter syndrome is really about is that there's this, this tendency to pick bad reference points. That's what they talk about uh, in positive psychology and in happiness science, picking bad reference points. Because we see all these other people who are good at other things, and we decide those are the things that matter, right? Those are the things that are important. Those are the gifts that like, they're really hard and they take real skill and they really matter because those are the ones that we don't have. So those are the ones that we compare ourselves to. But the ones that we have, because it's kind of easy for us, we just assume it's easy for other people too, right? So our gifts don't matter because isn't everybody good at this? I mean, it's so easy for me. This is the stuff that like just, isn't everybody good at this? It doesn't matter. So I was thinking of a, another friend. Um, I've had you know, the privilege to walk alongside him a few years back. And um, like Donna, uh, he was trying to figure out, you know, he said, I, I want to be, I want to be in ministry, you know, and so what do I want to do in ministry? What are my gifts? Who, who am I going to be as a pastor? And he, like Donna, said, well, I'm going to be a church planner. But now here's the interesting thing. Like, this was an amazing guy. Just such a great guy. But he had a very different set of gifts than our friend Donna Berkman does. He was just incredibly steady and quiet, gentle. Um, what are you saying about Donna? Oh, okay. <laughs> that quiet isn't the first word, um, perhaps. A different set of gifts, see? Look how Bill made that a reference point and made it a competition instead of a both and. This friend had a different set of gifts, you know? He just did, but he was great in a crisis an amazing listener, like all these like amazing things. And yes, he and Donna have some amazing ones. But it wasn't completely obvious that he would be a great church planner. So why was it that he wanted to be a church planner? Well, my theory is there were so many different like forces around him telling him church planning is what mattered. Church planning was kind of what the cool kids did, right? The people with real talent, the people who were going to do like really important things for God would go plant a church. Those are kind of the messages that were in the air. And there's just this feeling of like, man, it's so sad if that's all the message that you hear. Because not everybody has to be a church planner. That's such a silly idea, right? Like, we, we don't need everybody to be a church planner. What we need is everybody to live into their sweet spot, everybody to live into their unique set of gifts. It's just sense that absolute, all of us were created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. But none of us fully represent God, right? It's like each of us gets this unique little piece of who God is, this, this bit of just wonder, goodness, and beauty, and, and we get to reflect it. We need to reflect it because other people can't. And then all together, somehow we get to, to show God really is. So the amazing thing for my friend, of course, is that as he was kind of going through this process of discernment, he started to see some different ways that people were pastoring, some different ways that people were kind of living out their gifts, until one day he heard from someone who was being a chaplet, you know, one of those pastors who actually works for like a hospital and gets to just go into people's rooms 
and listen and be there in the crisis moments and, and just show up and be that quiet, steady, thoughtful presence. And something just clicked for him. He said, oh, that's it. I can do that and live into my gifts. I can do that and have that be the place where the Imago Dei in me gets to shine through in a way that, man, it just blesses people. And we need that. We need for people to live into their own joy, to expand the joy for all of us. I'm such a bad comparison. Sorry, Donna. So actually, I want to invite up a friend of ours, Stephen. You want to come on up? Uh, we just want to do a, a, a couple of interviews today of, of people just to say, like, what is this actually like for like normal human beings or relatively normal human beings? <laughs> um, so Stephen already told us at the beginning, how long have you been around City Church? A long time, right? Third time today. So he's a long timer. Um, and uh, so, and so you do music. So tell us a little bit. So you, you grew up and you just like, did you know that was your gift? Was it uh, easy for you to choose into music? Like, how was that for you and your family and, and, and that kind of area of, of giftedness and choosing into that? Yeah, so I am a first gen Taiwanese American. And so my parents are immigrants. Hence, they've always told me you need to make the most conservative and no risk decision. So obviously what I'm doing right now totally matches up with that. Um, <laughs> so no fights whatsoever over that. But um, yeah, so I think initially coming out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. A lot of what I was thinking of doing was I, I'm a huge sports guy. So I was thinking of becoming like the ESPN journalist or maybe becoming a psychologist, a therapist, but um, yeah, during, during my time, I think some uh, in community college, I got connected with my church and somebody started mentoring me in terms of worship stuff. And so I ended up going to Biola for doing music worship stuff. And, and you liked it? Initially, yes. <laughs> Before you start going to the church factory kind of thing. And so I think after my time or during my time at Biola, I kind of started like realizing how much I didn't, wasn't sure if I wanted to do that and just, you know, feeling really jaded. And I think I was kind of looking for something different and probably a couple of years into working at um, my worship director position at the previous church that I was at, I started discovering my love just for producing music, especially like hip hop and like R&B and stuff like that. Yeah, and this is super helpful. So notice there's this distinction, right? So you've got this area of giftedness, but then it becomes sort of um, becomes sort of the machinery almost of it, and it becomes sort of like you have to, right? Or there are these expectations around it, and it becomes like work. Yeah, and then you can lose some of the joy, or I don't know. Yeah, I think it was always really hard working in a church to separate my personal life and work life because your work and your personal life, you're working with people that you're doing community with, and it gets really complicated when church politics gets into that. And then, you know, when the senior pastor says, you can't do this, you can't do that, then it just becomes, it, 
it will subversively affect how you do God, unfortunately. Right. And that's kind of affected how just like the taste of used worship and how you still enjoy it as much. Right. So so fast forward to now. Like we and super helpful, totally appreciate you. Where because let's talk a little bit more about music. Like, where's your joy? You talk about beats, you talk about RB, you talk about where are you finding joy? Where's the gift? Like, where's where's our life in that for you now? Yeah, I think for me, I've kind of had to synthesize and think through. There was probably a point last year, like everybody else in 2020, of kind of reevaluating what I want or what you want as a person, what's your purpose in life. And for me, it became a question of why am I doing this? Because I've been doing and producing beats for three years while doing the worship stuff, working at a church, and just felt really burnt out and just feeling like I needed to change. And so these past, this past year has kind of I've kind of been able to get it down to where I just really like discovering something new, you know? So as I'm making something and just kind of almost happy accidents, it's very, it's really exciting. And then just being, getting really excited about that is a incredible feeling that can't be replicated anywhere else for me. So the discovery combined with some of the musicality and the production piece, yeah. that's sort of some of the magic for you. And then seeing somebody else hear that and then get excited about that, that's like a whole different, it just like elevates it. So, yeah. Super cool. So this this is the discovery process of kind of the Imago Dei in, in here and in here, right? In, in here. It's beautiful. Hey, thanks so much for sharing. We do, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, like, did you notice like you're leading worship today? <laughs> Maybe at the last song you get to like, why are you here? Like, why are you doing this? Like, I, you could have said no. Yeah, yeah I, I still say no. You could say no. Maybe you won't be leading the last song. I don't know. Maybe you won't be doing interpretive dance or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but super helpful picture as, as Stephen is sharing this this idea of giftedness, like figuring out your gifts, like what does bring joy? What's kind of, where are you being used? Where are you tarnishing yourself? How do you sort all this through? And in some ways, 2020 was a gift for, for some of us. And many of us is so hard, right? And there's so much wrong with 2020 in so many ways. But, but this is our journey, right? To discover ourselves and to, to sort through these things. So uh, one other thing that I want to do here and to think about that passage that we that we heard in the scripture today that, that Eva read for us, it, it talks about how we get to rejoice in our gifts. That whole passage that she read is is in the context where Paul is writing and he's saying, hey, there are lots of different gifts. And he, and he lists off seven of them, seven specific different sort of attributes, abilities, spiritual gifts, depending on if you come out of a church tradition, that might be a phrase that you've heard. And he lists those off and he says, hey, we've all got them. We should rejoice in them in ourselves and in others. 
What's interesting is in the New Testament, there are half a dozen different lists of spiritual gifts. So what Paul does, so let me read in the very next verse that where Paul goes from that verse that Eva read. This is what it says next, literally. So this is verse 28. Here is a list of some of the parts that God has placed in his church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, those who preach God's word, teachers, those who do miracles, those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who can help others work together, those who speak in languages they've never learned. That's 1 Corinthians 12. 20. But then in, in Romans chapter 12, there's a, a list that has a different number of gifts. In 1 Peter 4, there's another list with a different set of gifts. In Ephesians 4, there's a different set of gifts. All over, there are all these different sets. They, they don't match up. And it's this reminder that there's no template. You can't take a test and check off the boxes, and now you've got yourself figured out. Right? If you go to some of the most famous gifts tests now, right? So if you go to like the Clifton Strengths Finder, there's 34, right? If you go to the um, uh, what's what's the other one? The VIA uh, character test. They're 24. Right? I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no complete list of who's got what strengths, and this is you. Because you're all different. You're not going to be able to nail down exactly what gifts every single person has. People all unique. It's the beauty of it all. You're kind of weird. And you're weird in your own way. And it's awesome. And so the journey is really a journey of self-discovery, like what Stephen was talking about. What was talking about. And it's a joyful journey. And we get to do it together also. There's a Tuesday night potluck group that we're studying the book of Philippians together. And um, so I started this group. My gift is in inviting people. I'm very good at inviting people. My gift. Um, I'm not very good at organizing food. So the first night we had like four main dishes, lots of leftovers. All right, Karen Lou, where's Karen? Is very good at organizing food. Thank God for Karen. Now we're finally organizing. Eva, who. Uh, read scripture for us is very good at making sushi bake. Right? If you've never had sushi bake, you need to you need to meet Eva. And she also makes a killer artichoke dip. All right. Um, Kim Bullison, she's very good at buying food. <laughs> God bless Kim Bullison. She's awesome. But while she doesn't make a lot of food, she's awesome at asking questions. She has this superpower of just humbly like asking this question and everyone's like, oh, yeah. Huh. And Rodney Herrera, he writes this little summary for the people who missed. I'm like, hey, Rodney, why don't you write up a summary? Because I'm good at inviting people to do things. <laughs> that could be worship on their big Sunday. Right? I, I just write it. So I'm like, hey, Rodney, I like sense this. Rodney writes this like three page summary 
It was fantastic. He's, it's a, you can tell, he's just like, his brain is like extra large. <laughs> and so it's this awesome, like you can see like this group is just all these different gifts working together to make good food, good conversation, good stuff. It's how the body, it's actually just what the passage is talking about. And what if we all did this? We'd actually all be really happy. You know, um, I'm going off script, which I don't usually do. Bill's the more spontaneous person. You got it. You got it. Um, but uh, as I was listening, I was thinking, oh, I wonder how many other people are thinking, I know this sermon. I've been in enough churches. Like, this is the one where they're trying to get me to sign up to, like, serving kids in their church. Oh! <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes, that little twist of the arm, right? Um, and uh, I just, I remember having this conversation with a new friend um, who just started coming to City Church with her family. And so we were hanging out actually at her house. And it turns out one of her deep gifts was hospitality. And so I like show up right and it's like this awesome coffee. And she'd gone out to a bakery and bought treats and like whatever. And it was just like amazing. So we're sitting and talking. And then finally she like, you know, cause she'd been in the church scene before. And uh, she had a little one. She looked at me, she was like, so, you know, I'm an Enneagram type one. Um, and so I like to do what I'm supposed to. I have a little one who's gonna be in the nursery. Do I have to sign up for Kidman? You know, like, is that what I have to do? And I was like, do you like working in Kidman? And she was like, I hate it. <laughs> I was like, please don't sign up to work in Kidman. <laughs> What do you like to do? She's like, I'm a great organizer. She's like, actually, do you have anybody who like organizes your kids in? And I was like, me, and I hate it. <laughs> would you like to take it for me? And she was like, oh, I would have so much fun, right? Um, I remember limping into City Church myself six years ago, and there are all sorts of invitations that came my way, like initially. And what I loved was how great Bill and his co-pastor at the time were about me saying no, because I mean, there's just all sorts of stuff going on in my life. And I, I actually had in my head at that point, I was like, I am not, I've just stripped all of these things out of my life. I'm in this weird time of transition and pain and, and my own spot, uh, kind of a period, another period of spiritual deconstruction. And I was like, I'm not going to say yes to anything until it's the right yes. And I think it took like, I mean, I said, maybe I said some really messes, like kids camp or something, right? But like, it was, it was this big, deep yes. When we were just starting this process uh, of exploring LGBTQ inclusion as a community, and they came to me and said, we're co-lead the process. And I was like, oh yeah, that's my yes, right? Like, that's the one that I'm, I'm wired for, and I will have so much fun. This is what we want for you. Even this morning, we had um, something happen, you know, uh, an illness, an injury, and so a spot, you know, for praying. Who's going to pray after the service opened up? And Bill came up to me and asked, hey, should I invite this person to pray? I was just being a little bit and saying, no, actually, I've had a conversation with that person, and they really love working in the background. They don't want to be up front. Oh, okay, let's find someone else. 
You guys actually get to be who you are. We mean it. There is no twisting of the arm. We're so grateful when people do find their spots, right? And not just here, but in the world. All of the amazing things you guys do, the ways that you, you live out your strengths and your passions. Oh, it's deeply beautiful. Please, please don't try to fit into some sort of box. Tell us when we're inviting you to something that doesn't fit for you, because we want you to live into, there's this great statement by Frederick Buchner. He says this, the place God calls you is a place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. We don't need city church to have things that don't fit that, right? We just don't. You be you, um, and we're gonna do just fine. So your invitation for this week, there are all sorts of inventories, um, ways that you could explore what some of your gifts are, especially if you've never really done that before, but would you live into it? Would you just have some fun this week saying, this is who I am, this is what I'm good at, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to enjoy it a little bit every day. I think Bill has one more person he is gonna bring up who's gonna illustrate that for us um, in beautiful and delicious ways. Jorge Salvador, you wanna come on up, buddy? <laughs> oh, this is our lucky day. This is our lucky day. Hey, where did you, did you always bring your hands up? Yeah. Bring it so you got that too? Okay, let's just start with that. Let's start with the folder. <laughs> uh, Jorge, uh, so tell us, how long have you been around uh, City Church? I think, like, can everybody hear me? Yeah. Around three or four years, off and off. Okay, five, six. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I mean, I, I know it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I lived here in the community for seven, so maybe five, five, six years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we've done some Thanksgiving dinners together, and that's pre-COVID. Like we did at least two or three. That's right. Yeah. So and COVID's been two, or at least. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been a while. So Jorge's been around. His kids have been around. So it's fun. Um. And so when I first met, when I first, I got to make fun of Jorge. It's important. <laughs> when I first met Jorge, he carried this binder with him. Every meeting I've ever had with Jorge, he always brings out this binder. Tell us what's in your binder. Jorge. So I have a thing for like a planner or a journal, right? But I always wanted, I always looked at other people's journals and, and stuff like that. So I wanted to create my own. So I said planner is good and stuff like that, but the problem with the planner is that you get to store it and then you don't revisit it, you don't reflect on it. So I said, you know, let's find a binder that you can actually scan and reflect on it. And what's in here, it's it's a bunch of personal stuff, right? So for example, I do a lot of self-help stuff, right? So there's like pictures and stuff like that. I know a lot of people do this, right? So Lady, I just upgraded to like a rocket book, right? Oh, so yeah. you can get to scan and OCR and search for stuff. So this is like version 2.0. So 1.0 was like pictures, like family and some of the goals and stuff like that. So calendar, right? I wanted a calendar in there. So I kind of just made it my own, right? Like I need to make my own stuff. So what I did, I created my own, like I write my goals, I create all this. And I agree with my own. So I said, you know, I want to create my own thing. So it has like my vision statement, my 
personal statement, business, and family. And then, you know, I said, you know, we all have gifts, right, and talents. So I took this thing called Strength Finders, right? And then I took the leadership one because I was like, well, maybe those are not really my strengths. Let's try the leadership one. And they kind of match, right? So some one of the strength finders is, um, or strengths is a ranger, right? <laughs> Shocking. Uh, I like to focus and stuff like that, right? So then I have like, just stuff like that. I like to write notes and little reminders. So this is like my planner and I scan it. Lately, I've just been using the 2.0 because it's a lot easier. I can upload to my Google Drive and I can search and reflect like on Sunday. I just have a little timer and I'm very laser focused on landing things, as you can tell, right? Like, it's, there's a reminder on Sunday. This guy's amazing, by the way. Like, anybody, if you want to get your life together, meet with Jorge, he'll bring out his planner. I mean, he is so fun. Like, my strengths are this, and he'll, he'll talk you through them. I mean, it's just, he's always learning. It's just, he, he knows his strength finders, like he's all, every day, like at work, do you work on your strength finders every day? Like, do you think about those every day? You know, lately, so I just joined a bigger company, so I came from like a 10-person company to like a 10,000-person company, and I truly, I really wanted to say, hey, what are my strengths, right? And this company is all about cultures. It's all about working towards your strengths. So they noticed that I was an arranger. I was an includer. So I'm part of the DEI committee. I'm part of the Wacom committee. I'm part of this now, right? Because they see your gifts, right? And they say, oh, wow, you, I think you would do really well in this area. So yes, I get to lean into towards, towards my gifts. And, and how does that make you happy? How does that make you feel? It makes me feel really good. You know, at first I was really nervous, but it provides a lot of energy and excitement. After that, I said, you know what? I'm changing someone's life. I'm changing for the group, the community. And lately, like I told you, I was invited to a conference called um, Transcon, which is transportation. I mean, I'm a civil engineer. So a transportation conference in Omaha. And the reason they invited me is because not necessarily I can give good talks, but I like to talk to people, right? I like to talk to strangers. I like to talk to anybody and just find something in common and get to know you, right? Um, so that's why I love it. So they invited me and I said, this Did you talk great. to everybody there? No, it's like in two weeks. Oh, that's I'm going to go in two weeks. Look out, if you're in Oklahoma, you can talk to <laughs> It's going to be amazing. All right, now, I have a feeling you have some strengths outside of those strengths. Is that true? Like, do you have, like, do you have any hobbies? I, I do. And they're very specific. Like, for example, I always tell a lot of people, you know, um, I grew up with father and parents that they labor a lot, right? So we were immigrants, like, when I was 10 years old, and we cooked homeos, right? So there's a lot of cooking, right? And that kind of got passed down to me. In fact, a couple of Christmas ago, we made, my dad and I made enchilada sauce, like five gallons of enchilada sauce, right? On Christmas Day, so we're making enchilada sauce. So some of my gifts is it's so good. His enchilada sauce is it's like so good. painting and baking. Like, uh, like what kind of like like? Could you show us anything you painted? Yeah, I can show you something. Show me something. Yeah. So I brought something. Bring it up! Bring it up! Bring it up! Bring it up! Bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. 
And what, what is this? So this is a family tree. So it's painted on cement board. It's a party backer construction material. So a number of years ago, I attended this, uh, went to a restaurant and the restaurant owner was also an artist. And all I got was cement board and that's it, right? So during the pandemic, I said, you know, I always love to draw, but I stopped up there on eighth grade. So my dad said, hey, there's no future in art, and being an artist, right? But <laughs> So, you there is. Right. so then I said, you know what, yeah. let me try to hone in some of those skills that dust them off. And I, I, I picked up some pencils and paper and eventually my overall goal was to do something on cement board, something like kind of as big as this. So this is really like a family tree, right? right? Like a mosaic of um, mom and dad and, and yeah. Andrew. Right. So it's my family, my two kids. Uh, my my wife Yvette, she's working today, so that's why she's not here. But um, yeah, so it's awesome. family tree. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let me just put it back on the camera. Here, nice and You see, like the joy, right? And uh, and on. There's one other gift, and this is currently on the communion table because it's sacred. But tell us about this last one. So I mentioned baking and I always, my dad has like a recipe for flan and then I entered a pie concert not so long ago here at City Church. And this is a family recipe, so it's uh, carrot cake. And I'm kind of very competitive and I said, you know, I'm trying to bake, make the best carrot cake. So I changed the recipe. So my, my sister-in-law gave me the recipe and I said, it needs a little bit less this, a little bit more of this, right? Or, hey, let's change this. So let's up some walnuts instead of raisins, right? So over the years, I've tried to perfect it. And in fact, Adeline wanted to do like a block party for Halloween. And it's like $100 to put down a block, right? And so Adeline needs to make some. So she helped me make some carrots and we sold some goods. And we were to raise enough, you know, $100 to kind of get our permit. So, so you're having a party. So we're having a Halloween party. Using your gifts to serve the world. So that's uh, that's what this is. And actually, so I didn't know he was going to do this until this morning. He shows up with it, but uh, I think we're going to I think we're going to serve this, and you can each have a little slice. Is that right? Yeah, that's for everyone. That's for everyone. Yeah. What a gift! So you know, but this is just a picture. Like here, here's a man who's in some ways fully loved. Isn't it fun to see? You're fully alive. It's so beautiful. That's when I was thinking, like, man, who do I want to share? I'm like, Jorge with his dorky planner, right? <laughs> and his awesome, you know, painting. And, you know, I just, and just, you're so alive. And there's so much joy, right? Because he's such a joyful man. And I think that's a gift that, that all of us are finding our to. So thank you. Many prayers. Uh, lead us more deeply to be who you made us to. Find joy. 
and to do bake sales for the neighborhood because it brings us joy and then we can give away. And bring your kingdom to this whole world. And make us alive in the process.